The New York Islanders score a big regulation win in Carolina before the holiday break. Plus, this team is on pace to reach a milestone they haven't reached since 1993. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sartre tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And I want to also wish everybody celebrating a very Merry Christmas as we have our, we're going ahead. We have our special holiday show and it's great to be with you all on this special day and enjoy the holiday. Friends, family and food and uh, just enjoy the holiday to all those who are celebrating. Uh, Good holiday for the Islanders as well. They set things up nicely, go into Carolina in the final game before the break and emerge with a hard-fought 5-4 win in Carolina. And I'll tell you, a lot of positives to take from this game, but obviously some negatives as well. But when you win, we do have to start with the positives. And uh, look, six different Islanders had two points or more in this game. Matthew Barzal, two assists. Bo Horvat, one goal, one assist. Kyle Palmieri, two assists. Brock Nelson, a goal and a helper. Mike Riley, a goal and a helper. And, oh yeah, uh, did I mention Anders Lee? One goal, two assists, three points. Lee leading the Islanders in scoring in this game. And... Look, two goals from your defenseman, one for Riley, one credited to Sebastian Ajo, and Ajo leading the team as well with a plus-four rating in this game. So overall, some real positives to be taken. And the other good news, realistically, if you're the New York Islanders, is that this team, under Lane Lambert's leadership, has been finding ways to score goals. And that is huge for this team. That the loss to the Washington Capitals uh, earlier this week, on Wednesday night, they only scored two goals. That was the first time they scored three goals or fewer since Thanksgiving weekend against the Flyers. And you look at the month of December, four goals, 
four goals, seven goals, three goals, four goals, four goals, four goals, three goals, three goals, the two against the Capitals, and then five against Carolina. My point being that the Islanders are not just scoring goals, which is obviously a very positive thing, but they're scoring consistently. And right now, they are right in the middle of the pack in goals scored, 17th in the league at the holiday break through 33 games played for the New York Islanders. And oh, by the way, they're 18th in goals allowed, which is a little bit surprising to say the least. All things considered that you have this great goaltending duo of Sorokin and Varlamov. And in this game against Carolina, again, sticking with the positives, Sorokin played well. And, you know, you, you can sit there and say to me, hey, Gil, he gave up four goals. What's going on? But he also faced 40 shots. And again, I think that part of the problem is that the Islanders are, you know, playing that high risk, high reward offensive style. And it is allowing them to score, but is also allowing other teams to get a lot of shots on goal. And the Islanders are very close to the bottom of the league. I think only San Jose has allowed more shots on goal per game right now than the New York Islanders. And obviously the Sharks nowhere near uh, the playoffs this year. They're in rebuilding mode. It tells you about the way this high-risk, high-reward situation plays out. And look, to me... Overall, this team responded well, and they they got up early. Carolina ties it, and then the Islanders score two goals in the last five minutes and 17 seconds of the first period to take a 3-1 lead, and they never were tied again. Then they, it was 3-2, 4-2, 4-3, 5-3, 5-4, and then thankfully, time ran out couldn't quite get that empty net goal you know the the hurricanes really tried hard to uh get that equalizer they pulled the goalie with what three three and a half minutes left this team just can't get an empty net goal it's it's they are still the only team in the nhl who hasn't done that yet and yet a lot of positives again to take away how about uh Two players with four block shots each. Alexander Romanov and, drumroll please, J.G. Pajot. Pajot, a forward, blocking four shots. Julian Gauthier and Samuel Balduk each with three blocks. So, again, the top four on the team in block shots. Two defensemen, which is expected, and two forwards, which means that this team is willing to, to pay the price in order to stop shot attempts and, 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 you know, play, sacrifice their bodies for the good of the team. That is certainly, uh, you know, what you want to see. And then offensively, Brock Nelson leading the way with four shots on goal. Uh, 
But again, you're being outshot in this game 40-28. to 28, And that is, needless to say, a, a cause for concern if you're the New York Islanders because you're giving up a lot of chances. And I think the question becomes this, and it's something we're going to discuss in the future on the show because I think it's going to be important. Uh, one thing that was always said about the dynasty-era Islanders and the Islanders under Al Arbor in general was that the Islanders under Al Arbor could beat you however you wanted to play it. If you wanted to play tight defensive hockey, they could beat you 2-1. to one. If you wanted to play fire wagon wide open hockey, they could beat you 8-6. to six. And if you wanted to goon it up, they had guys like, you know, Clark Gillies, uh, guys like Gordy Lane, uh, you know, so many different players who, if necessary, could drop the gloves and and go toe-to-toe with you uh, and, and, and play that kind of game. So can this Islanders team? Similarly, right now it looks like, okay, they've opened things up. They're not playing the Barry Trotz. We're going to beat you two-to-one. Uh, and and it may not be entertaining, but it will be effective. They're not doing that under Lane Lambert. Lambert didn't want to do it that way last year, and then Barzal got hurt, changed back to a more conservative system. It worked. This year, they've sort of abandoned that conservative system. They were more conservative against Edmonton every day, as you'll remember I mentioned that. But the question is going to be, whether or not the Islanders come playoff time, assuming that they make it, will be able to adjust their game to that more conservative style and still find ways to beat you 3-2, to 2-1, two, two to 1-0, one, one to rather than trying to beat you, well, like they did in this game against Carolina, 5-4. to four. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens down the stretch and whether or not this team changes its style a little bit when some of the defensemen, and we still have three defensemen out of the lineup, when those guys return, it'll be interesting to see how this all gets set up. But uh, as of right now, the New York Islanders with a big win and uh, looking good heading in to the holiday break, which obviously started on Sunday and will go through Tuesday when the Islanders on Wednesday return to action. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We'll have our hero and go to the game. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And oh yeah, for our Islanders birthday of the day, uh, a player who spent one season on the island, but is better known as a New Jersey Devil. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So, you know, we have a few reasons for concern coming out of this game. And obviously the penalty kill remains one of those concerns because... Out of the four goals scored by Carolina, two of those four were on the power play. And you can't keep allowing other teams 
to score with the extra attacker. Here we are, Christmas Day, and the New York Islanders' penalty kill is dead last in the NHL, allowing opponents to score 29% of the time when the opponent has a power play. You can't do that. Uh, The power play, amazingly, is sixth in the league at 24.7. But you got to get the PK straightened out. It is something this team needs to fix. And, you know, in this game, Ilya Sorokin was really, on the few power plays they did kill, Sorokin was their best penalty killer. And he was the reason they were able to escape and kill them off. But overall... This team just seems to be completely out of sync with the extra attacker. And, you know, that is something that needs to be fixed. Also, again, giving up 40 shots on goal. Something this team needs to cut down on. I'm not saying go back and allow, you know, 18 shots on goal and you only take 17. I'm not advocating for that. But... Cut down on the number of high-danger chances. You you can give up 35 shots on goal if 32 or 33 of them are from the perimeter and either Sorokin or Varlamov can see them and make the stop and control the rebound. That's all well and good. But not only are they giving up a lot of shots, but too many of them are high danger chances and that is a real problem for this team that needs to be fixed uh, as soon as possible so here we are uh, looking at you know something that this team just has to figure out and again and I said this last year about the power play and I'll say it this year about the penalty kill I don't expect the penalty kill to be number one in the league anytime soon. But get me to the middle. Get me, you know, middle out of a 32-team league is around 16th. Get me to 18. Get me to 19. Get me to 17. Get me average, roughly average, and it would make a big difference. And boy, oh boy, what a difference it would make for the Islanders to get the penalty kill straightened out and just playing better. As far as uh, the hero and goat of the game, the hero, I'm going with Anders Lee for his three-point night, leading the team, a goal, two assists. Uh, He was a plus three to me. Congratulations and kudos to Anders Lee who through the first 20 games or so of this season looked absolutely lost, looked like he was toast, that he was too slow and didn't look like he was playing with the usual passion. Maybe he was playing hurt. Maybe he was still recovering from an old injury. Whatever the case may be, Anders Lee looks like the old Anders Lee since the last 10, 12 games And it really, really has made a difference for this Islanders team offensively. And no coincidence that despite missing three players on defense, three of your top six defensemen are out of the lineup. And yet 
They are winning hockey games consistently. Part of the reason, Anders Lee picking up the pace. He now has 10 goals on the season. That ties him with Simon Holmstrom and Matthew Barzal for third on the team. And, oh yeah, by the way, Anders Lee, a plus four in the plus-minus rankings. That is encouraging as well. As far as a GOAT from this game, it's going to be the penalty kill again. And the penalty kill has just got to be better. And Doug Huda has got to figure out a way to get this team moving again and more aggressive and and, and more positionally sound. They're always seemingly chasing the puck and out of position and not picking players up and not able to clear, and it's frustrating. Uh, So, to me, the go to the game remains the penalty kill. It's been this team's problem all year long, and it's something that needs improving. By the way, uh, Julian Gauthier returning to the lineup for the Islanders against Carolina, and Oliver Wallstrom back as a black ace sitting this one out. Gauthier only played eight minutes and 13 seconds in this game. But, uh, you know, we had a hit, three block shots, not bad uh, in that respect. And again, he adds that speed dimension, whereas Wallstrom doesn't. He adds a little more physicality, perhaps, and more potential goal scoring, but he's not putting pucks in the net. Wally still waiting for his turn, and we'll see whether or not he ends up back in the lineup or whether he continues to sit it out. Matt Martin, also a scratch. And, you know, obviously, by the way, over this holiday break, the Islanders not able to practice because, you know, the 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 uh, collective bargaining agreement between the league and the players says no games, no practice uh, between December 24th and the 26th. So, No updates on the health of any of the injured players right now. And, uh, you know, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pollock, Scott Mayfield, all of them, we do not know uh, any new information about their status because the team is not allowed to practice and obviously are not. We have got uh, some big games, though, coming up this week. Islanders will be... Uh, playing on New Year's Eve and twice besides this week. Uh, They'll be playing Wednesday at home against Pittsburgh, Friday at home against Washington, and then Sunday night on the road in Pittsburgh on New Year's Eve, a 6 o'clock Eastern start. So it's a five-game stretch against division opponents, and right now the Islanders have picked up a couple of points Uh, in this stretch, and it would be huge for them to, you know, they've got points in the first two games with the overtime loss and the win. If they can pick up points in each of these three remaining games in this five-game division swing, it'll make a big difference. And again, remember, getting those points in regulation even more important for the Islanders when you think about the race for, you know, positioning 
in the playoffs. And right now, the Islanders in second place in the Metropolitan Division, six points behind the Rangers, although the Rangers have a game in hand. Philadelphia, one point behind the Islanders, even in games. Uh, Washington, two points behind the Islanders. They have two games in hand. And Carolina, three points behind the Islanders. But the Islanders have a game in hand. Five points back is New Jersey. Devils have a game in hand. And Pittsburgh, seven points back. The Penguins have a game in hand on the Islanders. There is precious little room for error right now for the New York Islanders these next three games to close out 2023 are going to be huge. All right, we've got more to get to on today's show. We're going to talk about a milestone that the Islanders are on pace for, and it's something they haven't done since 1993, which, as most Islander fans remember, they a great year. They went all the way to the conference final that season. We'll talk about that. We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day All that still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So the Isles are getting close to, uh, well, not close, but they are on pace for a pretty cool milestone. Something they haven't done since 1993. So we're talking about 31 seasons ago. Uh, And that is that this year, As of now, through 33 games, uh, the Islanders have three players on pace to register a point or more per game. That's Matthew Barzal, Bo Horvat, and Noah Dobson. And right now, Barzal, 35 points in 32 games. Dauber, 34 points in 33 games. Horvat, 33 points in 32 games. Brock Nelson, not that far behind, 30 points in 33 games. So if Brock gets on a little hot streak, he could join the bunch. If you're wondering, the last time the Islanders had three players with a point or game better, 1992-93, the year they went to the conference final, Pierre Turgeon obliterated a point a game. He had 132 points in 82 games. Steve Thomas added 87 points in 79 games. And then Benoit Hogue, 70 games played, 75 points. Derek King fell one short. He had 76 points in 77 games. But, uh, you know, did not quite make it. And right now, Barzal, uh, on pace to have about 88 points for the season. He could be the first Islander to get to 90 or more points. The last one to do it, Zygmunt Palfi, who did it in 1996-97, his 48 goal, 42 assists, so 90 points on the nose mark. And, uh, again, hasn't been done in this century, it would be great to see the Islanders accomplish either of these things. But I'll take it a step further. Yeah, it's exciting when they're scoring a lot of goals. Yeah, you want to see your favorite players lighting up the score sheet game in and game out. I love that. But you know what? 
if it if it's better for the team to win two to one rather than five to four, I'm okay with that too. So yeah, go out, pick up as many points as you can, keep adding to the totals, but winning is more important than most of those individual milestones. And in my mind, uh, I, I think right now I was skeptical every day, as you know, I was skeptical that this team could be offensive-minded and, and keep putting points on the board. I am less skeptical about that now. And, uh, you know, again, the key question down the road may very well be whether or not the Islanders can turn it on and turn it off come playoff time and win again while playing uh, a more conservative style for playoff hockey. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. But uh, never a dull moment with this hockey team. And that game, by the way, uh, wasn't easy. Islanders uh, holding on for that win. They made you sweat like we knew they would. But again, they find a way. And the resiliency of this team has been great to see. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And Wednesday will be the 49th birthday of former Islanders winger Jay Pandolfo, the Winchester, Massachusetts native, a second-round pick of the Devils back in 1993, four years at Boston University, including a 38-goal-in-40-game season back in 1995-96, made his NHL debut with the Devils in 96-97, stayed with the Devils through 2009-2010, and then was with the Islanders for the 2011-2012 season, played in 62 games for the Islanders, a goal and three points and eight penalty minutes, played 18 games for the Bruins the following season, and that was the end of his NHL career, Uh, ended up with 899 career regular season games, 100 goals even, 126 assists, 226 points, add 11 goals and 33 points in 131 postseason games. And uh, perhaps if you're Jay Pandolfo, best part, two Stanley Cup winner uh, winning teams. So two Stanley Cup rings for Pandolfo. And, uh, you know, congratulations on that. His best game as an Islander, I think this one is easy. November 17th, 2011, at the Nassau Coliseum, the Canadiens visiting Peter Budai, the goalie for the Habs, and uh, Rick DiPietro, the starting goalie for the Islanders. He was later relieved in this game by Evgeny Nabokov. And in this game, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Jay Pandolfo got his only goal as an Islander and the 100th goal and last goal of his NHL career. And it was a key goal in the Islanders' eventual 4-3 win over Montreal. Islanders went up 2-0 on the goal by Pandolfo. And ironically, we're back to 2011. Josh Bailey and Matt Martin were the guys who assisted on this goal. Islanders were up 3-0, ended up then making it 3-2. Matt Molson got the eventual game winner late in the second period, and then the Habs came close, made it 4-3 to 
late. But for Jay Pandolfo, that magic 100th goal of his career, it was the final goal of his season and of his career. And he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. So uh, happy birthday to uh, Jay Pandolfo, who is now going to be 49 on Wednesday. I want to thank everybody who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about a big topic that I've wanted to get to for a little while. When Mayfield, Pellick, and Pollock are healthy, who sits and who plays? Because the Islanders are suddenly very deep at defensemen when everybody's healthy. So we're going to discuss that a little bit in depth. We'll have that and a whole lot more coming up on tomorrow's show. Until then, uh, Merry Christmas to all who are celebrating. And uh, can't believe that this year is rapidly coming to a close. Have a great holiday, a great day. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.